Today we're going to talk about this man uh, named Abraham. And uh, this man of faith, who uh, <clears throat> his faith is seen again and again throughout the scripture. Uh, we don't have time to look at his whole life. He covers a pretty large gamut. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Gamut of scripture. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, for an inheritance obeyed. And he went out. What's it say there at the end? Not knowing whether he went. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would just help us now as we look at this uh, man, Abraham, and the way that you used him and blessed him and blessed us through him, that we would uh, be challenged to walk by faith and not by sight, that we would be challenged to be faithful and gracious in the midst of all of that doing. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God literally says to Abraham, Abraham, I don't want you to stay here. I want you to go someplace else. Missed out in the conversation, really. I mean, it doesn't really say a whole lot. It literally is God just says, Abraham, go. And literally, Abraham gets up and goes. And quite honestly, spends the, next of, the rest of his life going. Never really actually seeing all that God was, uh, was going to accomplish. And, and uh, it's amazing. It's really summed up in that verse right there when the Bible says, and he went out not knowing whither he went. I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. By the way, that is probably every teenager in here and many college students, you know. We're going. Not exactly sure where we're going to get to, but we're going. You know, and that's, you're called upon by God to take some steps of faith. And you've got to trust that God is going to get you where you need to be. But there's a process. In order to get where you need to be, you need to follow the Lord, follow his lead. But uh, so there's, here's Abraham. He's called Abram at this point, And uh, he is going to just go. And uh, it is an amazing statement. Uh, but go on to verse 9. It says, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Oh, now listen. Where did he sojourn? In the land of promise. So he actually got there, but he didn't actually get to settle it, so to speak, right? I mean, it didn't come into being the land of his descendants until years later, but he sojourns in the land of promise. So here he is out there. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of that same promise. So here is this man of faith, Abraham. And we're going to see some more faith in Abraham. I'm going to challenge us as we're looking tonight. Let's ask God to make us people of faith. Faith is not blind, right? You understand? We, we, we try to say this as often as we get a chance. God doesn't ask us to step out onto nothing. That's blind faith, you know. Uh, in fact, Jesus actually warns against blind faith. The devil says, throw yourself off because God has promised to give his angels charge over thee, lest thy, thou dash thy foot against a stone. What did Jesus answer? What did Jesus answer? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Hey, God... There's no promise that says, hey, if I'm going to be silly, that God's going to protect me from silliness. The idea is not that we, we step out not knowing anything, but God had made a promise. 
Abraham, go. There's a land that I'm going to give you. Right now, Abraham, go. This is your responsibility. Your responsibility is to go. I'll get you there. You just be obedient. You do what you're supposed to do. But there's a promise. So as you and I are taking steps in our lives, we're not just taking steps of faith. We're not just taking steps onto nothing. But we're trusting a promise that God has given us, right? We're, we're going to trust God to lead us and guide us through his word. So when I step out, I'm not stepping on nothing. I'm stepping on something that's solid, that's firm. It is the word of God. It's sure and right, and it can be trusted and counted upon. When I go outside of God's word, then it gets to be really shaky. The Bible describes it perhaps like sand, Right? And I begin to build my life on sand, and that's a dangerous place because God hasn't promised to give sand stability. God has promised, though, that if we build our lives upon his word, that it's like building on a rock. And so as we take those steps of faith, that step then becomes something that's firm and solid. And so here was Abraham. He didn't know exactly where he was going, but he was obeying God, and he was trusting God's promise that God was going to get him where he's supposed to be. Uh, it, one of the favorite um, uh, graduation verses is that one in Jeremiah. Um, 11, 9, 9, 11. Nine, what is it? 29, 11. 29, 11. That's it. You know, something like, I'm going to chop it all up, so you have to look it up and read it. But it says something like this, that God, uh, I know the plans, I, I know the thoughts is what the, the verse actually says. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. You know, see, God has a plan. He has a, des- a design. And he knows where he's taking you. And uh, he may not have told us where he's taking us, but he knows. And so what we do is we follow his plan, and we end up where we're supposed to end up. We end up at the expected end. That's what's supposed to happen. So here's Abraham. He's, he doesn't know exactly where he's going, he doesn't know all the things that are going to happen from point A to point B, but he's trusting God. And in order to trust God, there is an aspect of this that, uh, that faith requires according to the book of James. Faith without, is, faith without action isn't faith. Yes, I believe you, God. I believe you. So if Abraham said, I believe you, God, and never got up and left, is it faith? It's words. Faith with action is where faith happens. That's where faith is exercised. What we say we believe, we act upon, and we are now taking a step of faith. Until we take a step, until we act upon it, it's just what we say we believe. The Bible says things like this about those kinds of people. The devils believe and tremble. They're not believers, but they believe and tremble. You understand? There's a distinction between what we know, or what we say we know, but when what we know turns into action, that is when faith is taking place. And so here's Abraham, this man of faith. He gets up. He's, he's called to go, so he goes, not knowing exactly where he's supposed to go. And even the whole time he's there, his two sons now, and... Um, and uh, they're, they're following along, uh, looking for that same promise, trusting God in that promise. We're going to get a little, a little uh, kind of a side story here 
just because it's an interesting story, and I'm not going to spend a whole night on Sarah. So look at verse 11. By the way, let's don't look at verse 11 yet. Don't read it yet. So tell me about Sarah. Sarah hears the angel of the Lord say to Abraham, Sarah's going to have a baby. And what does Sarah do? She laughs. Why? Because she's old. She's 90. And she's like, I don't think the Lord understands what the whole situation here. Uh, you know, he surely doesn't mean what he is saying. She's old. And she's like, I'm way beyond that ability. And uh, so she laughs. But I love Hebrews chapter 11. Because you and I might be tempted to focus on Sarah's laugh. But God never mentions it here in Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, God lists Sarah among those heroes of the faith who trusted him. Look what God says in verse 11. Through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him. What's it say? She judged God faithful who had promised So at some point, Sarah got past the laugh. Do you understand? At some point, Sarah embraced the promise and trusted God. I take great comfort in that knowledge. Because I can't tell you how many times that I haven't correctly responded to God's promises the first time around. The first time that I hear them. There have been times where... I may not have done it outwardly. I'm a pastor. I don't do that kind of thing. But inwardly, I might have chuckled at the thought that God said something like that. How about about Ephesians 3.20? Is is Ephesians 3.20? Which says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. And I remember times in my life when I chuckle thinking God doesn't realize just how well I can think. Do you think God was surprised by Pastor John's uh, imagination? Do you think that I could possibly imagine more than an infinite God could imagine to happen? And yet I caught myself chuckling thinking, yeah, right, well, okay, that's a nice thought, but God would never do that. Oh, And unfortunately, it becomes one of those self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Because when I lack the faith to step out, then I never exercise the faith required to see the outcome. Abraham is brought to an expected end because Abraham got up and went. And we sit back and wait And then we say, see, I told you it wouldn't happen. Of course, that's self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I'm I'm just so thankful that God didn't didn't, uh, hold uh, Sarah accountable, but gave her a chance to come around and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. So go on down to chapter, uh, still chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Now, of course, now we know the story, right? Who's Isaac? That's that son, not his son. It's the son, 
He has another son, but not the son of promise. This son is his son from Sarah, the one who couldn't have children. Right? The one who, that would never happen. This son was that son. And God says to Abraham, Abraham, take Isaac and go slay him on the altar as a sacrifice to my glory. Now, I'm always amazed at this whole story. Because do you remember the story? Do you remember what happens when they finally get to the altar? What happens that's so amazing? Before that. Isaac asks. I want you to understand this. Isaac is old enough to get what's going on. (laughs) Isaac says, hey, Dad. uh." (laughs) And what you never see in the story, because he does put Isaac on the altar and he lifts his hand, knife in hand, to slay his son. And I'm always amazed at Isaac. The faith of Abraham is amazing. But what about the faith of Isaac? You know, wow, Isaac, who's, who gets it. It's not like he's an infant. He's walking with his dad to this sacrifice. And his dad says, son, you're it. Climb on. And he's, he does. Yikes. So it's not just the faith of Abraham, it's the faith of Isaac that amazes me. There, but Here's Abraham, look what the Bible says here about this. It says, uh, and uh, that he had received the promises, offered up uh, his only begotten son, that is Isaac, of whom it is said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting this. He trusted God so much that he believed this, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Hey, listen, Abraham's the guy who he and his wife were too old to have any kids, and God gave him Isaac. And God, or Abraham comes to this conclusion. If God can give him to me once, he can give him to me twice. And he doesn't seem to blink. Takes Isaac, he's going to obey God. He did not know where he was going, and he obeyed, and God's leading him. And he does not fully understand all of this thing, this thing that God's asking, but he's going to trust God. Of course, God steps in and, and uh, provides a lamb, and you know that's a wonderful story of redemption. But uh, God lists this story of faith. One of the things we learn from Abraham is how to have faith. In the end of Hebrews chapter 11, let me show you this. Um, <clears throat> go to the end of the chapter. Uh, go to verse 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkled blood. By faith, verse 29, uh, they, uh, I'm not going to get way past that. Verse 32 uh, goes into Samson. Verse 34, the quenching and the violence of fire, uh, the women, etc. Go all the way down now, if you would, please, to verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, listen to what it says, received What's the word? Not the promise. Hey, folks, you and I are really without excuse because we are not looking so much forward. We're looking forward to his coming. We're looking forward to heaven. We're looking forward to that wonderful day when this mortal shall put on immortality. 
But we don't have to look forward in the hope and expectation that God is going to meet my sin need. We look back at the reality of it. It's concrete for us. These all took steps of faith not receiving the promise. We have the written word of God. They did not. We have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. They did not. They're taking steps of faith, and you and I would struggle to take those steps of faith today, and we have the promise. We have the word. We have the Spirit of God. We have a Savior who has already paid the price. We have the promise, and we would struggle to get up and go and just trust that God will lead us there. We would struggle with this. Abraham is this great man of faith. Uh, They did all of this not having received the promise. And uh, that's an amazing statement that God gives us. There's here's Abraham, this great man of faith. Uh, and that's found in Genesis chapter 12, where God tells Abraham to get out of the, out of the uh, country and go someplace else. And, and Abraham gets up and goes, and it's just a wonderful story. You can kind of read through that there. Then, not only is he a man of faith, but he is faithful. Now, there is a distinction here in the way we use these words. Um, faithful technically means... Full of faith, right? It technically means full of faith. But the concept of the way we use this word is that it means that we have such faith that we stick by it, right? We stay by the stuff. We are faithful. If you are faithful to your spouse, then you have so much love and compassion toward one another. You stay with it if you're faithful to God. So it's that stick to itiveness more than just being full of faith. He is a man that is full of faith, but he is also faithful. Listen to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 8. It says, And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham sojourned, sojourned, I'm sorry, and Abraham journeyed going on, listen to what the word is, still toward the south. Now Abraham started his journey at the beginning of Genesis chapter 12. And things are happening, but as we get here, verses 8 and 9, he's still going. He hasn't quit. Um, Life, teenagers, hang on. Life is going to give you ample opportunities to quit, if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, Life will give you ample opportunities to quit. Uh, We have uh, Kenny Dean here tonight, and this morning his father passed away, and he's here. Life gives you plenty of opportunities to quit. It does. Life isn't easy. Life, we have, you know, the Rulies and the Atwells back there, and, you know, their son-in-law had a heart attack yesterday. Life gives you opportunities to quit. Miss Helen's here someplace. Where you at, Miss Helen? Wave at me. I saw you come in. There you are. She got news on Friday. Cancer has come back. Cancer the first time is not good, but when cancer is coming back, that's not good. And, uh, you know, life gives you ample opportunity to quit. The idea is that to be faithful is to face what would cause you to quit with enough faith to take that next step of faith, to keep going. And Abraham leaves his country at the beginning of of Genesis chapter 12, and he never leaves this journey. 
he also never gets where he's going. He doesn't get it. The promise is given to generations later. He just goes. And so, you know, don't miss that little word. He just, he's just still going toward the south, still doing what God's called him to do, still, still sticking with it. In Genesis chapter 13, it says, Under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord, and Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, they might not dwell together. Here's Abraham, Abraham, Abram, still being faithful to the things of the Lord. Life is happening. But you know what? He's nev- You'll see Abraham again and again and again, building an altar, worshiping God, turning to the Lord, speaking to the Lord, giving his tithes and offerings to the Lord. Abraham is faithful. It's not easy. His life isn't easy. In fact, his life literally is, get up and keep walking today. You haven't gotten there yet, Abraham. Just keep walking. I'll tell you when you get there. And he dies on this journey. He just keeps walking. He just keeps being faithful, doing what God has called him to do. And I'm running out of time, but let's get this last part in. He is also very gracious. And that, that, that part we just read brings us to the gracious part of Abraham. Abraham is blessed by God. Now listen, you know, not everybody is going to be wealthy. Abraham is. He's very wealthy. He's got stuff because God has blessed him. And that's not the way God works in everybody's life. It's just not. That's not what God does for everyone. In fact, the Bible actually ties it in the New Testament to the way we use the things that we have, right? If we are faithful in the little things, he gives us opportunity to be faithful over much. Most people, it's an amazing thing, most people who have little complain about what little they have and wonder why they never get more. (laughs) And it's kind of just an interesting thought that God wants us to be gracious in all of this. But here's Abraham, he's got stuff. And God is blessing and God is blessing. And Abraham, he's the oldest, he's in charge, He can do whatever he wants. And Abraham and Lot are working together, but their workers are starting to have skirmishes. They're starting to bicker amongst themselves because they're being blessed by God so much that they're too large to keep traveling together. And so they come to a place where they say, "We we need to go our own ways. We love each other. Lot is Abraham's nephew. It's not like he has anything against him. Uh, literally, if you look at the story, Lot is being blessed because he's traveling alongside Abraham. So he's just getting the gravy, you know, from all of this. And God, or Abraham looks to Lot and says what? Anybody remember? You choose. Abraham, we can't go together, or Lot, we can't go together anymore. We're, we're, we're just too big. It, it's, too, it's too crowded to keep everyone together under the same tent. Or tents, you know, it just the, the camp's getting too big. So let's just go our own, our own ways. And, uh, but Abraham, he's the oldest. He's the one being sent out by God. He's in charge. He's the one that's been greatly blessed. He literally can say, I'm going here. And he can dictate. But what he does is says to Lot, you choose. Now, I'm, I've often wondered this, because remember Lot... 
looks out, and what does he see? Not Sodom and Gomorrah yet. What does he see? He sees the plains well watered, right? So I wonder what the other, the other way looked like. I mean, stop and think about this for a minute. Oh, look how lush and green this is. What's this way? Dry and barren? I don't know. I mean, it was at least, it was at least the distinction enough that Lot said, I think I'll go this way. But think about this for a moment. Yes, it is true that Sodom and Gomorrah lie in this direction. But what if Lot had chosen this direction? What we know about Abraham, what would Sodom and Gomorrah, how would it have affected Abraham? What we know about Abraham, he's faithful. So here's this gracious man, Abraham. He's full of faith. He's faithful, and he's very gracious with those around him. And he says, Lot, you choose. And Lot takes the very best. And Abraham never complains. Abraham literally takes this as of the Lord. Well, I guess the Lord wants me to go this direction. And he just starts walking. He keeps being faithful. Lot gets himself in trouble. Abraham has to come and try to get him out. Lot gets himself in trouble again. Abraham has to deal with God to try to get him out. I mean, Abraham is gracious. He could have both those times said, Lot, you know, you made your bed. Right? He could have. But here's gracious Abraham, who is faithful to the Lord, who is taking steps of faith, and never actually gets to see the wonderful things God has planned for his future generations. Are you willing to trust God like Abraham, even without the promise? Are you willing to be faithful with the steps that God is directing you toward? And on your faithful journey, would you be willing to be gracious as opposed to selfish and self-centered and somehow thinking that because I'm blessed by God, I deserve, I should have, right? I think Abraham is a pretty good example for us to follow. That God so much enjoyed Abraham's testimony that in Hebrews chapter 11 he says, let me tell you about Abraham's faith. 